and welcome to episode 47, The Spartan Among Us, here at Fan Fuel Motorsports Podcast. I say that because we are joined by the guy who drives a 51 Xfinity Series Camaro, and he is from Spartanburg, South Carolina. So if you don't know who that is quite yet, it's Jeremy Clements. Welcome to the stream. Jeremy, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, thank you so much for coming on. We were going to have uh, one of your sponsors, Steve Carnes, on last week, but sadly he uh, was recovering from COVID, so we'll have him on next week. Um, but we were really excited to have both of you guys on these first couple of uh, shows for 2020. Start the shows off big with some, uh, you know, fairly big-name driver and and, and uh, uh, their uh, sponsorship combo. So, I do want to go ahead, before we get into talking about stuff, um, specifically for you, talk about where the sport is kind of right now, and we are going um, to the L.A. Clash this uh, upcoming weekend. But first, this weekend, they're going to have the NFC Championship in um, in, L- in L.A., and then the following week, they'll have the Super Bowl. So with that, do you think that it surrounds the schedule for our Clash well enough that we're going to find a lot of new fans uh, out there in L.A.? Uh, and is this a move that you think is pretty good for the guys in the series above yours? Oh, that's that's a pretty loaded question. I would say I think it's great going to L.A. and racing. I don't know about this track at all. I mean, it's, it's super small. I don't have a clue if it will put on a good show or not. I guess we'll just have to see, you know. Yeah. But it's the smallest track that – We'll, that they'll race on for sure by far. I mean, Martinsville's a half mile. This is a quarter mile. So uh, who knows how to go? I think it'll be a, a wild race. You're going to see some uh, some some tore up cars for sure. Some beating and banging, which should put on a good race. I hope they can pass. I hope there's two grooves. Uh, but I'll be watching just like you guys. I don't have a clue. Uh, these new cars. That I mean, they'll be the first race these cars have even raced against each other, right? So. It's all a big unknown. I have no idea. So it'd be interesting to see. I'll be having a cold beverage watching it along with you guys. Yeah. So uh, you being in the Xfinity series, obviously a little bit separated, uh, seeing as you're uh, still in Spartanburg with your shop and everything. How was the feeling with the other guys with this new next gen car? Um, it's coming. It's coming in, and it's really taking away a lot of jobs and stuff. So you've got a lot of engineers and stuff um, that that may or may not have a job or fabricators and stuff like that. How is that going to affect you guys in the Xfinity series as far as finding new people and personnel? Is that is that helpful or are they going elsewhere uh, as far as their jobs? That's a great question. I mean, we haven't hired anybody new or looked for anybody new, to be honest. Uh, we're, we're, we've really got the same people we've had past year. So, uh, you know, we're a small group four or five guys on the team full-time in the in this race car shop you see behind me and then the engine shop is uh on that side uh, and and that supports 15 people or so roughly just off the top of my head but i mean yeah i know a lot of people i know some people definitely lost their job and and gotten other things uh maybe found other teams there's new teams that have have started in the xfinity series or even the truck series they might have have moved uh, dipped to a different series of teams. So uh, the new car, it's it's all so new with all that. I mean, you just don't know. It's affected us with pit crew situation for sure. Okay, uh, it's been a headache. We still don't really have a full time pit crew yet. 
trying to work those details out. But, you know, the guys that usually would pit the car, they're not allowed to pit any uh, truck or Xfinity series cars right now because um, they don't want them going back and forth from lug, one lug to five. So that's kind of a pain. But besides that, I mean, uh, you know, everything else, I'm just trying to think everything else, nothing else really affected us as far as all that goes. But um, it's going to be interesting to see how that new car plays out with, I know they're low on parts. Uh, they only got, you know, a few cars built for multi-car teams and they're going to a, you know, a quarter mile track that they're going to definitely tear it up at. And then they're going to Daytona, which we all know they're going to wreck there. And then you better have some cars for the West coast immediately after. So all that being said, man, it's, ugh, I'd be scared to death if I was a cup team owner or a, or a, a guy that <laughs> takes care of uh, the general manager or whatever. So it'd be scary, but um, I wouldn't, uh, I don't want any of that problem. So I'm glad where we're at, you know, being the driver and owner of, of a team, uh, I don't want to mess with any of that. Uh, I'm, I'm, I like where the Xfinity series is at. So with the um, with the part shortages and stuff for Cup, obviously because the new car, I'm wondering how is the difference between uh, the next gen and the Xfinity platform being so much vastly bigger than it was with the Gen Six cars, the COTs, etc. With you guys, how is that in the long term going to affect your guys's parts availabilities as far as you know? especially some of the really underfunded teams in Xfinity trying to get some of these recycled cut parts um, going forward. Uh, how, how, how do you think that's going to maybe stunt or even help uh, the diversity or growth of, of your series? I mean, everything for them is totally new, right? So, I mean, uh, everything for us is still the same. And we've, in my opinion, have access to way more parts than ever. You know, even the, the cars, buying a car, you can get a car. And uh, even though we, we have to change the body, change the front clip, you have to change some, a lot of stuff, to be honest. Uh, spend a lot of money to do that. But I, we've gotten some parts from here and there, axles and drive plate, uh, right, that uh, we bought for cheap that came from good teams and they barely had any use on them. So that was good. Uh, so we've had plenty of access to parts uh, for us still, luckily. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't talk to a lot of cup cup team guys and all that stuff. Somebody walked in. I was just trying to see what it was. <laughs> oh, it's, it's my guy that letters a car big A. Um, he's walking through. But, uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. I, I feel like, I mean, we've been fine with parts and everything, luckily. So it, we've got everything we need, thank goodness. Uh, but. Yeah, that cup deal is a whole nother headache, right? Yeah, uh, but do you don't you don't think going forward um, it's going to limit where your guys are going to get parts, especially for the secondhand stuff for uh, some of like the the teams that are funded a lot less than you guys? Well, not not right now, but yeah, maybe we'll maybe see that in in the months to come or a year from now or um, yeah, when when we buy cup cars before. Uh, all the cars that we have right now are from Ganassi from 2019 and we haven't, we haven't bought any new cars since then. 
Um, so yeah, I don't know. It, that's that's some great questions. Some questions I don't maybe I can't answer the best really because I don't. I'd have to let uh, Morse or Mark in our shop here answer those that okay. deal with all that stuff. <laughs> uh, all right. I, don't, I don't necessarily deal with that part much, but uh, they. That's that's a great uh, question. That will it affect us? Uh, it might, but we'll. Uh, I guess we'll. There's so much of it right now. It definitely has it. Yeah. Okay. And I, Alex, you gotta you gotta remember this man. Every time that I've been up there, he has had at least 25 phone calls in the same time of a 45 minute span that I've been up there working with him with mats and other things. <laughs> he is on the phone with more people than you actually realize, especially as sponsors. So. I mean, going back and forth with them, it makes it a, a big deal. Yeah, definitely. I'm always trying to, you know, accommodate to my partners, get all that done, do interviews, do it. Just there's just so much that goes into it. And uh, you'd be surprised. <laughs> yeah. So, um, well, kind of moving away from more of that next gen type stuff. 2021 saw you guys be a playoff team. And 2022 is seeing some new faces come into the Xfinity Series, but also you're losing a couple of cars um, with, you know, Team Penske going away. And I, I'm pretty sure that JGR is is, is uh, consolidating just a little bit. So how, how are you feeling about this coming 2022 Xfinity season for yourself and your team? Uh, I'm, I'm excited for it. I don't have a clue competition-wise what we'll see. We always we'll have to wait until we see the official entry list. You know, you always hear, oh, this team's coming, that team's coming. But till they've paid all their entry fees and all, all that's done and they're on that list, then I don't even really worry about it or look into it. Uh, all we can do is make sure our stuff's as good as it can possibly be for whoever's gonna, whoever we're going to race against. Uh, but I know there's going to be, obviously, your heavy – there's going to be four good junior motorsports cars – uh, two RCR cars, no Penske car, um, colleagues' cars are, are fast. Um, yeah, so there's going to be a good field uh, for sure. I don't underestimate it at all. I think it might be even tougher than it was last year. So with that said, you know, it's not like football. We can't go outside and, and get other teams to race against us, right? So – I don't know. We don't know what we got until we show up and see what kind of speed that the car has on that particular weekend. But I feel good about where we're at. We've we've made our engines better. Um, Mark Setzer, crew chief, and my guys have been working hard on the cars and trying to get those prepared as best as possible. And um, we're we're already got three cars set up uh, for this year. So you know, being prepared is a big thing. So we're, we're really looking good. I'm really proud of, of where we're at. And I just hope we bring uh, fast enough cars to the track to compete against these big teams. Well, um, I mean, this past year, you seem to be pretty fast on the mile and a half, which is the, still a good chunk of you guys' schedule. So I'm, I'm not doubting that you guys are going to be uh, in the same boat. I'm hoping that you guys make a playoff run. Um, but how much more – did it mean to you to get into the playoffs last year uh, compared to your road America victory that didn't get you in the playoffs that year because of the way that the point shook, shook out? Yeah, it was awesome to make the playoffs last year. It was a big accomplishment. 
I had three goals for last year. One was to make playoffs, win a race, and to not drive a blank car. So we got two out of the three. Um, still worked on that victory, but didn't get it. We still had some work to do. There was a there was a few. There was a couple. There was probably three, four races that we had pretty dang good speed. But to get to to win a race, speed is. Uh, we got to step it up some more for that. But I was proud. Man, we ran damn good at Atlanta, and I was really proud of that, especially the first race. Mm-hmm. Darlington, we had speed there. So those wore-out tracks uh, that the tires go away quick, those were those were a hell of fun for me, and we brought good pieces. Um, you know, and that makes a big difference when you bring a car to the track that has speed and it's not out to lunch. And then there was some a few races that we just flat-out sucked. So... I mean, you're going to have that, right? Yeah. But uh, I'm proud of our effort. We got a full notebook now to go off of uh, for this year. And together, Mark and I, we didn't have that last year. So I'm hoping that will make us better. But uh, you never know how to go. I'm looking forward to the challenge, though. I know that. And uh, we're going to give it everything we got. Yeah. Uh, so, any of you other guys want to jump in here with some questions uh, before we keep moving on? Well, I, I mean, does the does the old surfaces like Daytona, not Daytona, but Darlington and Atlanta, or not now with Atlanta coming up and that repave, but do you feel like even at Richmond that you get around those because you you ran all of those races on Cherokee growing up, you know, in a late model where you got sort of a sandy play surface and it didn't really have all the grip into it that somewhere like say around in some of the Tennessee tracks where they were hammered down and it didn't matter where the grip came from. Yeah, I, that's a great question, Chad. I feel like for sure racing dirt helped me a lot with the, the wore out tracks. Those are probably my favorite tracks to race at Darlington and the way Atlanta used to be California going to it. Uh, anytime before they repave a track <laughs> is the best. And it's a lot of fun to me to slide around and and work the car, maneuver it, and push it to its limit, and and get all you can get. But uh, yeah, back when I raced dirt, dirt late models, you know the track would start out tacky normally, and you could hammer down, and it would dry out as the night goes on, and then you'd have to figure out how to finesse the throttle and keep the rear tires under you and keep forward drive and forward momentum and and not burn them off and that helped me a lot with learning how to drive these cars in those same conditions uh like you said at richmond richmond definitely the tires go away and you had to work on four drive a lot uh martinsville same type of thing so those are my i like those kind of tracks where you really gotta you know you, you can attack it at first and then you gotta finesse it and keep those tires under you that makes a lot of fun for me Yeah, and speaking and you, of tracks, oh, yeah, oh you want to go, go ahead? ahead no, yeah. Uh, so I had a question about your um your Road America win because you you talked about tracks that eat up tires and Road America is up there for you when it comes to those tracks and obviously you won a race here in 2017 and I think a lot of people nowadays forget what that was like because I think you and who was it Matt Tift were racing um you guys spun coming to the white flag and you came back and won I thought it was insane watching that live because. Normally that doesn't happen. And I want to know, like, what was going through your mind when all that was going down? Yeah, man, that was badass. I had to get close to hear you because I, I got the phone mm-hmm. turned up all the way. But I, uh, it, I, I don't know, the volume's not the best. But uh, 
Man, that was uh, obviously my favorite moment in my racing career. Uh, it was something I've been trying to do my whole career and w win a race in NASCAR. And, you know, the thing is, we're in our own team. We run our own team. Mm -hmm. It's small, and it's tough to do this. So it was special to do it and to win against uh, – that year it was pretty stacked, too. It was it was a tough field every every week. Um, like if you ran top 20, it was, and you were a small team, it was a good day. Um, but winning that race was, was amazing. And, uh, you know, I remember, uh, we got tires from one of the Gibbs cars that weekend, they crashed out and, uh, my tire guy, Dave went and got their tires. And, uh, uh, we've got a video of, of the car right on that lift right there with the wheels. And we rubbed the brake dust off the wheel and had, you know, JGR mm -hmm. uh, decal on it. Um, <laughs> you know, that that was uh, something special. That's what we do a lot of the time, honestly. Uh, if we don't buy all the tires initially, we'll wait, see if somebody has any trouble, and we'll try to buy their tires for half off. So we try to save money that way. Um, but, yeah, it was uh, – I can't imagine, like, when I was in that car and we – I got together with Tift. I remember we were – we were really fast, a lot, a lot faster. I ran them down, had fresher tires because we stayed out forever. And I was so much faster than him. I just was trying to set him up. And he was doing he was doing what he needed to do to block me. And um, I was really loose under braking that day mm -hmm. uh, for whatever reason. And I remember there was a few times that I, I got the, the back really loose, getting in the corner, wheel hop. And then uh, – when I finally went to, I'd, I'd really beat him through those last couple corners. So I, I said, I need to pass him before that white flag. Cause if we, there's a caution and I haven't yet, the race is over. So I said, I, I got to go for it. So I went for it. I, uh, I, I spun out unfortunately, and then got into him. Uh, de definitely didn't mean to, uh, and spun us both out. And I luckily just re it refired so quick. I was like, Oh, thank God. And I uh, kept it going, went up that big hill. And uh, uh, I remember Danny Gill, the crew chief, was like, just bring it on home. You're you're uh, you're in first still, and you got a big lead. And I'm just like, holy hell. <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> believe it. So it was uh, it was a dream come true, man. I mean, it just, you, you know, I used to win a lot in dirt racing. And uh, then went on a dry spell after, you know, trying to race NASCAR Finney Series full time in your own equipment. So... To, to win that race was special and obviously it just makes you want more and more you just get so hungry for that victory and it's what we do this for and uh if i wasn't any good at it i damn sure wouldn't even still be here or i wouldn't try to make my family work as hard as they do and all this to make this happen so definitely feel like we can get the job done and win and uh want to prove to people we can do it again yeah, and uh, you kind of take on that underdog role, and you guys have, have been steadily getting better every single time uh, you, you guys get on track. And um, I think, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, Jeremy Clements Racing was kind of an on-and-off deal until about 2011. Uh, you guys have been crawling your way up. Right. But but prior to that, um, I'm not sure if a lot of people know, you've made, you made plenty of uh, Xfinity and ARCA uh, starts. Uh, to that, uh, and you've also made a couple of starts or tried to qualify in JGR equipment. So, can you explain kind of your relationship with with JGR um, uh, earlier on in your career? 
Yeah, so what was it, 2008 or nine, uh, maybe, I think, both of those years. Um, my brother Jason works at Joe Gibbs Racing, and he still does. Um, and he was on one of the teams, and they had two Xfinity teams at that time. And uh, I guess, you know, back then they needed uh, like Kyle, Kyle Bush and Joey Logano uh, were going to race an Xfinity race at Kentucky, Nashville, whatever. Uh, and, and they were going to be at, you know, another track cup was racing at whatever. So, uh, I guess they were like, hell, who, who can we get to practice qualify this car? Does anybody know? <laughs> so my name got popped up and here I am. So it was a great opportunity for me to, to get in such good equipment. Uh, it was challenging though, uh, as far as like, you know, you were, you were, put in a hard spot like at Kentucky um I qualified seven I remember that car was fast as hell like I barely had to drive it it was stupid fast we were second in practice um you know this is Kyle Busch's car he's a lot taller than me right so I'm sitting in his seat I'm not I'm not most I'm not that comfortable in it uh, but it is what it is you got to deal with it right um but uh anyway so they weren't full time that year. So Jason Ratcliffe, the crew chief, uh, back a month or two before this race, they went to Darlington with Denny Hamlin. He was fastest in practice, went to qualify, uh, hit the wall in turn one, didn't make the race. So they're like, all right, Clements, just go out there, and, uh, make a lap. Don't, don't do anything. Don't wreck this damn car. <laughs> do not do anything dumb. I'm like, oh boy, a lot of pressure. So I went out there and uh, I remember I said, dang, I barely drove this. And we qualified seventh. I was like, good Lord. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I drive my car 110% all the time and I drove theirs 50% and we were seventh. So that was, that was, I was just like, yeah, that's how fast their stuff is. So, um, yeah, I got a few more of those opportunities, just did what they wanted me to do. And, uh, yeah, I was hoping that would work into a, a deal where I could drive for them. Uh, but it didn't, unfortunately. Uh, th that kind of team needs 150 grand to race. And, mm -hmm. you know, I don't have that kind of funding behind me. So, <laughs> uh, I'm very, very happy with the partners I have and they fund jcr but uh we haven't you know it's 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 tough to get to that level that's a whole nother level but uh yeah it was cool as hell to do that and uh really enjoyed that experience we do have a a fan question here in the comments um it's a really long comment so i don't really want to put it up on the screen um, but matt wants to know he said first off looking forward to seeing you again at the track this summer um, his question is the last two years, you haven't had to prepare backup cars to take to the track. So with practice and qualifying returning this year, how has that changed the shop prep or the shop mentality looking weeks ahead into the schedule? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, Matt, man. It's I'm, to be honest, dude, I'm dreading it already. Uh, to get two cars ready every week, it's a pain in the ass really. And I mean, you know, to make sure they're, they got what they need on them and they're race ready and, uh, ugh. It just, I, I don't miss that part of it. It's, it's tough. So it's going to be a pain, but it is what it is. We got to deal with it. We got to, we've done it before. We'll do it again. But like, you know, a lot of the times, like 
the I'm trying to think. So the Atlanta car we're going to race. It's this. What's well, that? Oh, look there. It's actually flying form. It's going to be on that car. This right here. It's going to be a whole patriotic car. It's a couple grand just to letter this car. So to I'm like, what do we do with the backup? Do we? We don't letter it, right? I mean, or do we? Because if you go and wreck, you got to have the backup. I mean, it's just it makes those problems come up. So it's a pain. <laughs> but to be honest, at that point, I would make sure the car was not lettered, and that is one of those that have that extra wrap with you just in case. If not, you use it when you rewrap it for the next race that they use. So yeah, that that's cool. a, and that's a one one race scheme deal too. So that's that really makes it tough. Wow. Um, uh, yeah, that's a that's a problem I'm gonna have to face soon. <laughs> yeah. So that that brings up a, a a bunch of good questions actually. Um, I I I hadn't even thought about that. You know, preparing for this show, I had not even thought about the ramifications of of practice and stuff coming back. But as a fan, obviously, I want that for all three series because I want to see track you know, hot track all weekend long if I'm spending money. Um, I don't blame you. I mean, is that a fear going into this year for, you know, competition and money-wise stuff? Um, is that going to set you back competition-wise because you're spending more time on not just a primary car and putting a secondary car on track? And also is that what has helped you in the last couple of years compete at a higher level yeah definitely make it tougher on on the guys and myself for sure just getting everything ready each week i don't think it affect our on-track performance it'll definitely make the budget go up you know for these practices you got to use an extra set of tires and then you're going to put on new tires to qualify and yeah the, you better have that backup ready because you just never know when you're going to need it you you just you have no idea. I mean, anything can happen. You can run over a piece of debris and have a flat tire and hit the wall. Uh, so you, you just want to be prepared. Um, what was the second question? <laughs> uh, just uh, whether or not uh, – I mean, you kind of answered it, whether or not it was going to affect your um, performance. Uh, oh, because yeah. Because you had to, to allocate the resources uh, extra to, to that secondary car. Uh, which I think you kind of got to. Uh, so I'm going to shift gears now and kind of take off of your current racing um, stuff and go off into who exactly Jeremy Clements is. So I do want to ask you, when we strip off the helmet, take off the fire suit, and get rid of the race cars, who exactly is Jeremy Clements? How would you describe yourself as a person? <laughs> Dad, you want to call my wife? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. That's a hell of a question. I mean... I don't know. I'm just a guy that likes to have fun and, uh, you know, be with people that people laugh. I like to make people laugh, joke around, um, have a good time. I try to be a good person. Uh, I like to do good things for people. Um, that, that Besides that, I mean, I love to race. Obviously, I've raced my whole life. Uh, so, you know, racing's my passion, and I've, I've been blessed. I just turned 37. Whoa, that's scary. But uh, I've been racing since I was seven, so 30 years. And uh, that's – that's so that's pretty special to me to, to, to be – to do something I love to do for a career, not do a real a real job, right? So right. – uh, but I do work my butt off, or I try to. I try to work my butt off to make all this keep going and 
the best it can be. Um, but this is not a real job, so I don't take it for granted. And I don't, I will complain about it sometimes with, with all the extra stuff I got to do, but I'll be like, all right, you need to shut up. Cause this is, uh, it could be, I mean, dude, you could, it could be way worse. Right. So you got to tell yourself all that, but, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun, but yeah, I just, uh, I feel like I like to have fun. Any chance I get cut up, drink a beer or wine or anything with somebody and have a good time, man. I'm always looking for a good time. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right then. I'm going to keep hitting you with these hard questions now. So, uh, don't, don't, <laughs> don't keep them belts tight. Uh-huh. Um, so, we we here all know that you grew up in a racing household. We'll get to that in a few minutes. But I do want to know, um, outside of racing, if you didn't grow up in a racing household, where do you think you could see yourself? Oof, man. Oof. I don't know. I don't have a clue. Wow, that's a tough one. I really don't know. I don't know what I would do. Um, yeah, I mean, I was brought up in this shop behind me, not the one I'm sitting in, in the one – back there where that lift is that's the original shop that my grandpa started in and uh i remember i was a kid and i was running around chasing him and he'd give me a carburetor to work on and things like that but um i don't have a clue what i would do i'd be lost (laughs) (laughs) i guess i'd have to be an uber driver for a little while uh i'm good at cleaning at home so i could be a I always clean at home, right? I'm always cleaning my wife's mess or whatever. So I don't know. I, I wish I had a better answer for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, like you said, your your grandpa started the engine stop stuff. Your dad, he uh, he actually, I don't, uh, he still currently does build engines uh, for, for late models and modifieds, correct? Yeah. My dad, Tony, and his brother, Glenn Clements. Yeah, so can you can you kind of explain to all the fans who might not know that you are actually from a racing family um, about uh, your dad and and his brother uh, putting in the racing engines and and some of the other stuff y'all have done uh, in the short track community around Spartanburg. Yeah, so my grandfather Crawford Clements and his brother Lewis Clements were crew chiefs in the fifties uh, and sixties for multiple NASCAR teams and drivers. And they were super smart people. And uh, they worked anywhere with Buck Baker, Junior Johnson, Rex White, to name a few, A.J. Foyt. They won races. They won championships. Uh, They won the 1960 championship with Rex White. So, anyway, they're pioneers of sport. So, uh, that's really cool to me. And then uh, they got my my dad and uh, and Uncle Glenn racing. and they started racing and then they realized that i guess they realized that hey i need to get a real job to to put food on the table for my family full time instead of racing and you never know if you're gonna have money or not so they started uh the racing engine deal and have been doing it ever since and right now they really they really just specialize in dirt late model engines um and if you watch a dirt late model race, you'll probably see a Clemens racing engines or, or multiple for sure. They're really, they're really good at what they do and they work day and night. Uh, they're probably over there right now, or they, uh, they went to dinner and they're coming back. I mean, they work like I've never seen anybody work before. It's crazy to me. And, um, and then they build our own engines here at JCR. So we're able to save a big cost of, of building our own racing engines. We're, 
got to be the only team that do that anymore uh, for sure. So that's pretty special to me too that we we would we do that we're we're making them better and better and trying to compete with these big teams so uh that's just a brief you know summary of of what they do and they do a lot of other random things too but they really like to specialize in the uh, they, they built tony stewart's um sprint car heads their cylinder heads uh so they do some stuff like that here and there but they really don't like to They've got so much business, they don't want to dabble in all this other stuff. But being, uh, being, being that you said something about uh, late model motors and everything, how cool was it to uh, with, when Brandon Overton won both Dreams and won World 100 last year with that Clemens power pan under the hood? That's badass, man. I thought, I mean, I watched a lot of the dirt late model stuff, and, you know, I still want to drive those cars. Uh, and I and I might with with somebody. I just I gotta find the right deal. But um, I can bring an engine to it. <laughs> but um, I don't want to do it out of this shop. It's too much. We've tried that. It's I I was a nightmare. Uh, but it was pretty special watching Overton win. And uh, man, he kicked butt last year. And um, proud of proud of their effort. And they also won the the let's say the loop. They got a trophy over next door. The Lucas Oil Late Mile Series, like Engine Builder of the Year Award, they won that. So that's pretty special. Uh, but man, they deserve. They work so hard. I'm so proud of them. So when you were when you were growing up, prior to your uh, your own uh, racing career, how closely were you working with that stuff? And if you were pretty hands on with it, how how do you think that's helped you um, with owning your own team? With with what the with the engine building um, and being close. Oh. <laughs> so yeah the engine shop i mean i'm not gonna lie i've never i actually co-opted to the engine shop in, in high school uh and i did i worked on some machines here and there but man i the engine shop i've always not been in there much as far as working on things uh you know i've always been the the driver i've always been that part of it um so Working on on that stuff, yeah, I know my way around it for sure. Uh, I was actually over there earlier, helping take the engine off the dyno that we just ran for for our West Coast car. Uh, I was walking through there and I saw that my dad needed some assistance, so I stopped and helped for for a few to uh, get that out there. But uh, I know my way around. But I'm saying I don't like. I can take an engine apart, but like anything else, I mean. I haven't worked. I haven't touched one of those machines in 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 a while. Uh, you know, like a milling machine or a lathe. Uh, not gonna lie, I haven't I haven't used one of those in a while. So <laughs> I'm uh, I'm usually doing what I got to do. Uh, but those guys, they they're really talented at what they do. So if I need something made or welded. I'll go to them. You know, I'm not gonna be like I want to do this myself and take to all this time to do all that. I just like no. I'm just gonna give it to somebody that knows how to do this do does it every day <laughs> well i mean delegation is a good part of of leadership so knowing that they can do it better than you is probably the good oh, a good thing yeah. but <laughs> <laughs> so um since you're not over there um doing engine buildings tinkering and stuff what what kind of hobbies outside of racing do you have i've heard you you might be a pretty good uh photographer <laughs> <laughs> that's funny man uh-huh <laughs> That's a good one. 
that must have been from Chad. <laughs> yeah, my wife is a uh, a social media in, influencer, uh, right? I guess. Yeah. yeah. So she's really big on TikTok right now. She's got four hundred something thousand followers. Damn. And then she's got uh, ninety five or ninety five thousand or so on Instagram. So she got big on TikTok. Right when the maybe yeah yeah twenty twenty uh, February March I guess when COVID started that nightmare but uh, she's been she gets all these campaigns and does all these videos and she, like she'll need me to take pictures when we go places or she's getting an outfit that she got paid to put on or something or uh, man so it's always something with that mask but. Uh, She'll be like, if she's like, hey, where you're going, where where are you going to be today? What's your plan for the day? I'm like, oh hell. I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I gotta I gotta I gotta go. I'll start lying, I'll start making up stuff. <laughs> I'm like, I ain't staying here. No, I'm kidding. I try to help her as much as I can, but it's a pain in my butt, to be honest. Uh, but I love her to death. <laughs> uh, besides that, I mean, um, I'll go home. Uh, play Xbox. I like to grill out. I grilled out uh, past two nights with my charcoal grill. I like to do that. I like to see movies. Uh, I like to uh, uh, hit some balls with the boys and drink some beer. Uh, right, I go ride go-karts a lot. Uh, just stuff like that. Whatever's fun, man. I'm always, if anybody wants to do something fun, they call me and like, hell yeah, we'll go. I don't care. So, uh, always looking for fun things to do to get the adrenaline going. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's probably nothing else that gets your adrenaline going more than driving 200 mile an hour, but uh. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I went skydiving a couple of times. That was pretty close. Oh, well I've done that. So I can say I've been close to driving really? a race car. Hell yeah. Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. That's cool, man. Did you like it? Yeah. I loved it. It's incredible i mean the feeling of nothingness it's like it's so weird but so fun at the same time it I mean, is you know I, you've I done wanna, it i want to do it by myself one day so i'm gonna that's my one of my goals uh i'm gonna have to take the classes and do all that but i definitely want to do that yeah see uh, i don't know why you'd want to jump out of a perfectly good airplane that can land <laughs> i'm with you chad man <laughs> you, you guys it might be safer on the ground but it's a whole lot less fun yeah, that's right. I agree. Well, you haven't hung out with me, Alex. I think it was easier than riding a, uh, a roller. Some of the roller coasters I've rode, honestly. The I mean, I think shoot opening. Do what? The hardest part's the shoot opening. Everything else is is it's either exhilarating or just blissful because you're, you know. I agree. I got. I actually got my mom and dad to do it the last time, and they, and they loved it. So. I'm always trying to get people to do stuff like that. Yeah. Well, well I'll, 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 I'll opt, I'm going to opt out if you say we're going to an airport then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get a couple of my partners to do it uh, from Spartan Waste and then uh, Fox Sports Spartanburg. Um, I'm trying to get them to go with me. They want to. So uh, I think I think those are my next victims. Well, we if we uh, find our way up to, to yeah. Spartanburg – might have to go do those uh, ten or fifteen jumps at the at the jump school with you. That way, you can go ahead and get your license. I'd love to. I really would. I got to make time to do it. I know, like right now, they're not. Uh, it, the one that I've been to is in Chester, South Carolina. But 
I don't think they're doing anything this month because it's it's cold. But I think they start back up next month. So just have finding the time to do it is just the biggest problem. Well, if you weren't racing so damn much, you know, you only race thirty three weekends out of the year. I know. God. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Man, but getting us back on track, um, I did kind of want to say something about your early career. Um, a, a bunch of people, like I said earlier in the show, probably only know you from from your Road America win at Ford, um, just because of of your trajectory uh, after what happened. Uh, and I think it was two thousand three, two thousand four. You were nineteen years old at um, three eleven Speedway. Uh, said that your drive shaft came through your car and injured your hand. Um, and then you had to you had to even have multiple surgeries, including having your hands sewn to your hip um, for a skin graft and stuff like that. Could you explain uh, to the people watching exactly what happened and how quickly you bounced back to getting into a race car? Yeah, man, that was terrible. Uh, that was 2004, July, the same day my grandfather Crawford died, July 24th. He died in 96. This was July 24th of 04. So that's kind of weird, but uh, it was one of them. It was one of those weekends. Nothing went right. We went to uh, some track in Tennessee. I can't even think of the name of it now. Um, it was a big. It was like a five-eighths mile track, and that's big for dirt late miles. Oh, so. that that was that was the Murphy Speedway back in Sweetwater before they yeah. cut it down and called it I seventy-five. Okay, yeah, there you go, Chad. You're right. That's right. so. We went there and raced, and I remember it was. Bill Elliott was racing, so it was a big deal. There's a lot of people there. Uh, the track was rough as hell. It was a, it was terrible. Uh, so we were racing wherever. I don't even remember where we were running, to be honest. And um, uh, a rock knocked the oil tank, a hole in the oil tank. So didn't even get to finish. We got home uh, really late in the morning. You know, I think five, five a.m. Say so. It was, it was really late car needed a lot of work uh we were gonna go run the uh carolina class series at 311 that night uh takes maybe three hours to get there or so roughly a uh, lot of work to do the car still need to sleep obviously so anyway got the shop around noon or so i remember and i was like i don't even want to race tonight because it's we're we're behind Anyway, my dad and I kind of got into it. He wanted to go, and I didn't. We ended up going, get there late, miss practice, um, uh, qualify bad, start back in the heat race. Just a bad night all, overall, running, hell, probably 10th to 15th, I bet, in the race, which was terrible. Um, and with like five laps to go, the drive shaft broke, which it wasn't a drive shaft, really. It was a torque arm because the track the night before was so rough. That's why I kind of told you all that. So the torque arm broke and it's hooked to the rear end. And when it did, the just ripped the drive shaft in two, basically. And the, a piece came in there and uh, got me pretty, pretty bad. Uh, knocked my arm and hand about off. And the doctor says like a bomb exploded. So they, uh, I stopped, pulled to the side of the track, got out and just fell to the ground. And luckily the, Ambulance came and got me, and it was terrible. And uh, went and to the uh, hospital, and they did like a, a seven-hour surgery or something. Uh, I remember I was screaming in pain, like on the way there. It was terrible. I was like begging them to do something, but uh, 
I was in the hospital for three to four weeks, and then they sewed my hand to my to my side to get that skin graft that's missing. I uh, went home for a month. They did multiple surgeries, you know, before that even. And then they, it was 10 surgeries all in all. Uh, it took a year, took a year out of my career. So actually 29 years racing. <laughs> so I, I didn't race that year because I had to recover uh, and get this hand right. But uh, they took tendons from my right foot. They took bones from my hip. I mean, it's amazing. It's a huge blessing that they could even fix my hand. So uh, I'm lucky to to still have it and, and it worked the way I needed to work. Uh, but, uh, that was a, that was a, that was a rough time in my life, to be honest. That, that sucked. <laughs> I wouldn't wish that on anybody, all of it, the whole experience of everything. And, uh, your hand, it's got a lot of stuff in it to make it work. So, uh, <laughs> try to protect it. That's all I got to tell you. <laughs> you don't want to have a problem like I had for sure. So going through that experience, did you learn anything? Um, did it hinder anything in the race car? Um, anything like that? Um, well, you know, it's it's been such a long time ago, but uh, it was just hard. It was tough not being able to do what I wanted to do, obviously, and race. And that's what I did. And that's how I made money and all that come to an, a stop. And I actually had a... I had a five-year, I mean a five-year, five-race deal with uh, a team in the in, a, in the Xfinity series to to drive that year, and uh, that got all everything just crashed around me. So it was just I don't know. You just got through it and uh, prayed to God a lot and tried to make the most of it, but it all sucked, <laughs> and it was it was painful as hell and. Uh, yeah, just glad we got through it, and we we were back a uh, uh, full year later. We were back in a car. Yeah. So uh, you guys watching, don't don't count Jeremy Clements out for anything. This man has been an underdog and also a bulldog his whole career. Um, so I'm that's pretty much my part of the show done. Uh, my part of the interview. I'm gonna give it to my goofy looking father. I don't look anything like uh, you know, uh, and have him tell you some stories from him and Jeremy's. Uh, colored pass and then uh we'll we'll get on to the fan questions and 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 uh colton and nathan so uh i'll go ahead and hand it over to my dad hey you remember we met back in 2003 your first and only attempt at the national 100 due to that injury but do you remember the heat races in the feature from that race that weekend and everything yeah i do i mean i remember racing there and that was a whole weekend experience and we did pretty good um didn't I, did we win? I'm pretty sure we won that heat race. Yeah, you won the heat race, and I, I, I do believe you finished fourth in the feature. Yeah, I remember. I was thinking it was third or fourth. I remember me and Chris Madden ran uh, and swapped positions back and forth, and uh, that was a fun. That was a fun experience. I loved it. Um, are we still there? My phone said ten percent sorry yeah so it was, yeah all that was fun i love racing there that was a that's a great track so with a lot of folks that don't know that i mean that's how long i've known jeremy and we got to meet and met, met his dad and everything that weekend so we've had a lot of time to grow at the racetrack as well too and i might not have got to give him a feature win but i did give him the checkered at a heat race win so that was actually kind of cool and there's a lot of folks racing in xfinity and cup now that i have wave checkered flags over which is kind of awesome to say and 
just to see all of those guys going up and down the racetrack and knowing that they came from underneath my flag stand at some point, including Tyler Reddick, who was, you know, he could barely sit in his seat and see over the steering wheel and look at what he's at now, you know? Yeah. He um, still can't barely see over the steering wheel. <laughs> That's right. And, uh, I love Tyler, though. And uh, I know you got your little ties with JGR and everything, and – and you told me this once, but I'd love for you to tell the fans this, but Kyle Bush wasn't too happy with you for a little while when he started his own Xfinity team. Um, did that actually have anything to do with why he ran the number 54 instead of 51? And what does the 51 mean to you? Yeah, I mean, Kyle definitely wanted my number, and I wasn't going to let him have it, to be honest. It wouldn't matter who it was. I wouldn't let him have it, so – that is why he's 54 or was 54, whatever. Um, but, yeah, 51's been my number since, uh, hell, I don't know, when I've been racing the whole my whole career. So, um, when we finally were able to get it 2011 full-time, from there on, I mean, I wasn't, I'm not letting go of this number. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. But, yeah, there was some – I guess he was mad about it and um, – he let me know it uh, a few times on the track. Give me, you know, the bird or whatever here and there, but I don't care. It doesn't bother me. <laughs> but out of all the numbers, how, how did you choose 51? Oh, yeah. So, uh, I'm a, I, growing up, I love Days of Thunder. So, I'd watch Days of Thunder in the cube van my uh, grandfather built for us to go to the, to the dirt track. And I'd, I'd watch Days of Thunder to pump me up. And as a kid, and yeah, Days of Thunder is probably still one of my favorite movies, even though I mean, it's far fetched as hell. It's it's really like, like whoever edited it did a terrible job, but I love the movie regardless, even though it's so flawed with a bunch of little parts that I, I can sit there and tell you uh, about if we were watching it. But uh, yeah, like really all the all the bad racetrack names when they put the track up and they you see them coming out of turn four to atlanta and it's yeah is, uh, phoenix <laughs> yeah phoenix yeah, yeah so it's it wasn't well made but it's such a good movie uh and i love right. it so i i like 51 because of that really that's and then one that's how i got 51 well that's one of my all-time favorite uh die casts that i have is the exxon 51 for back here in my race room and uh so I, I know what you mean by that. That's just one of my favorite cars. Being where you, being where you are in South Carolina, you have got some of the most NASCAR greats sitting there close to you. What are some of the NASCAR greats you've actually got to speak to, sit down with, and get some of the best advice from, say, before some of them, retired or some of them retired long time ago or even passed away now yeah i mean i got a lot of meet a lot of legends with uh my grandfather <coughs> excuse me but i was so young you know i didn't really i didn't really know what to even say to him i was just meeting them and not saying anything probably but uh you know when i won the <coughs> the race 2017 there was a lot of guys next week at darlington that came up uh, anywhere from Daryl Waltrip to uh, Mark Martin, uh, Rex White was there, you know, because it's that throwback weekend. So a lot of the, 
a lot of legends of our sport were there for that. So they got to come up and we talked and they said how cool it was that they saw me win. And, you know, they knew Daryl Waltrip knows my, my family well. So he was, he was talking, he actually wouldn't stop talking. So <laughs> his nickname is Jaws. So, um, he was, he's great though. But, uh, a lot of the guys like that, that meant a lot to me, them coming up to me and telling me that, you know, uh, that was that was special. So, because these are obviously all guys that I got to watch growing up and thought they were their legends in my eyes. So, to see that, and then uh, you know, even racing when I was growing up, uh, racing against guys like Mike Duvall, Ricky Weeks, Rambo, Jeff Cook, and then getting to race against those guys when uh, when I grew up, and finally we were able to race against them and beat them. That was special, and just be door to door with them, obviously like that so uh raced against you know a lot of the dirt legends and then then a lot of nascar guys too so that's that's really cool to me that's awesome and i know that alex knows what i do but i'm sort of like an honorary jg uh jcr team member you are because of stuff that gets done and everything and i get to see some of them when i go to the track can you can you tell alex how we got started with all of that and all of us everybody else yeah so chad uh he creates a lot of uh a lot of things for us uh from our our mats uh to to our pit wall pit box banners and different different design themes he's really good at that i mean he's very talented uh so i i use them as much as i can and uh man it does a jam jam up good job uh he's gotten in we've gotten with a lot of other teams because his work is so good and they're getting a lot of mats made from him and he'll design them, put anything you want on them, all our partners and our numbers and, and everything. And he does such a good job and he's so smart with it that uh, you, you really don't have to tell him. You just say, Hey, I need this and that on it and let him go wild. And he comes up with the stuff he does and it's amazing. So, uh, I mean, I would, I would say that if you weren't on here, Chad, so thank you. <laughs> thanks for all the hard work you do for us. And, uh, creating all the, the special stuff you do, buddy. Uh, you're welcome. I appreciate it. And, and one day I'm going to get me a double X shirt for wearing at the racetrack. Would you just make sure you order one when we, uh, when you order some of your team shirts so I can get one. I sure will. I will. No problem on that. I, I just never even think about that, you know, so I will, that's in my head now. Cause I'm the one. All right. all that stuff. <laughs> See, I told y'all he spends a lot of time on the phone doing a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Stuff I don't want to do, by the way. It's not all the stuff I want to do. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on. Um, even you, you know, even though you have to work with this goofy man all the time. Um, <laughs> but uh, I want to go ahead and pass it over to the rest of the crew and the fans. So uh, you guys, uh, go ahead, take it away. Yeah. So I had a good question. Um, I try to do this for every guest, no matter who it is, and. I've always enjoyed getting to hear the responses for these questions, but you know, did you have a favorite driver growing up, favorite paint scheme, you know, anything like that? Yeah, dude, I had, uh, I was a big Kyle Petty fan for what I, I don't really know why I don't have a clue. Uh, now that I think about it, I, I, I guess I loved his car, mm -hmm. uh, the mellow yellow 42 badass car. I loved it. Um, dude had long hair, you know, he did. He just looked different than any of the other drivers, and uh, and occasionally he won. So yeah, <laughs> um, 
I guess I love Kyle. I, I was a Kyle Petty fan uh, for a long time. And, uh, yes, yeah, so I, I should have mentioned him, too. Hell, him and Dale Jared. I didn't think – like, I was trying to think everybody, uh, Jeff Burton. But those those were guys that came up and talked to me, too. But uh, those are guys, like I said earlier, you watch as a kid and you think they're legends and they're amazing drivers and you get to talk to them and meet them. And uh, now you get to see them every week because they work in the same deal. So – that's really cool to me. Uh, but, yeah, Kyle Petty, man. Interesting. I want to know, um, people have been commenting all stream since you've been on here, and quite a bit of them have called you Jug. Where does <laughs> that name come from? I used to run around the shop and terrorize the guys that work here and they with, a like, a milk like a milk jug cart and cut, cut in half, and I'd wear it on my head. And they'd <laughs> say, Jug Head. Here comes Jug Head. And uh, – so I would I would run around wow. and there's up uh, up in the engine shop there's an upstairs area where it's just you just they just put boxes whatever I had a Ford up there I'd get up there with rubber bands I'd wear my jug head and I'd shoot them I'd shoot the guys out there working and uh, man I terrorized the hell out of them I mean it was fun <laughs> so I don't know if they like they probably didn't they probably didn't enjoy Jughead then but that's 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 how I got that nickname. That's a damn good story. <laughs> yeah, a lot of fun, but I don't know if they did. Nate, do you have another one? Yeah, so I wanted to hit on another one. Um, we talked about it earlier in the show, how you love like the worn out tracks, you know, abrasive surfaces. If there was one racetrack you could drive for the rest of your life, which one would you pick and why? I would have to probably say Bristol. I mean, and Bristol's not your wore out type track, but mm -hmm. I just, it's a track I grew up type racing, you know, like Cherokee Speedway here in Gaffney South. Oval, not as banked as Bristol, but you, I grew up racing big bank tracks, uh, Bulls Gap in Tennessee, uh, Crossville, Tennessee. Those are really bank tracks. Um, so I, I really love, I love bank tracks, right? And it's a short track, half mile, a lot of action, uh, the grooves change, and it's a fun track. Darlington would probably be right there. The old Atlanta too. I love Atlanta. Mm -hmm. I'd, I'd probably say that too. The the Atlanta we had, not the Atlanta we have now. Uh, I'm really bummed about that. Golly, I honestly dread going to that track because it's going to be tough. It's going to be hard to pass. We're going to run a plate. Ugh, I dread all that. So it's going to change the whole dynamic. And the reason wow, why that's... I was good there is because I could, I could keep the car wound up, run different grooves, search for different things, and uh, man, I love that track. Now they've they've did what they did to it. So, uh, ugh, I'm trying to be positive, but <laughs> wow, I never knew about the plates. You mentioned running plates at Atlanta. I knew that the Cup was going to do something like that, but Xfinity too. Like we never knew that. Yeah, so we're going to run the same body, same same intermediate car with. The same engine will probably run at Daytona with a with a plate on it, so we're gonna wow. have half the power. I guess they're just trying to keep the speeds down. Mm -hmm. uh, they went and did a Goodyear tire test there uh, recently, and they were running like I, I think they're running thirty one or in a half second laps maybe, and that's what they want. Um, and that's still I, I don't know what mile per hour that is. Um, average speed I'm guessing maybe one hundred and eighty or so maybe. 
uh, in that mm-hmm. range, say. Uh, but yeah, I guess if we didn't have that plate, we'd be just going, you know, oh, oh well over 200 miles an hour. So I guess they're mm-hmm. just trying to keep us in that range. And then they probably want us want us to have a pack race, which as a driver, I hate. Right. So uh-huh. I'm not into all that. Yeah, I'll definitely you know, miss the old Atlanta. You, yeah. you bring up an interesting, uh, uh, interesting uh, point there, and so we always talk about off throttle time being better. We, you know, all of us have been saying that since 2017 when they put taper spaces on the cut cars, etc. You guys are running 650 at the at the mile and a half tracks, Darlington and like. Uh, do you 700. honor 700? Yeah. Okay. Um, so, do you think with that? that much um horsepower it would be too dangerous do you really think that you guys will be hitting 200 mile an hour consistently without the plate at that new atlanta oh hell yeah dude we'd be going so fast our eyes would be about to blow out of our heads i mean it'd be <laughs> stupid i mean it it would be who's got the most cojones okay. <laughs> i i try to be tame here so uh yeah i mean I'm not, I don't care. I'm not scared. Uh, I'll do it in a heartbeat. Uh, but I guess they're just trying to keep us below 200. But yeah, we'd be going super fast. Anytime they repave a track, it just gives you so much grip. Uh, you can push the car really hard. But Goodyear has to bring a tire that, uh, that'll last and it won't blow out. So that makes it challenging too because they're hard. And a hard tire is, is like, at Atlanta, you're just going to turn the wheel and you're going to stay in the, in the gas. And if that thing, if it ever comes loose at all, you're, it's unforgiving. So with that hard tire, you, when you lose it, you're gone. Before Atlanta, I mean, you could, you're doing this constantly. You're like mm-hmm. back and forth. And I mean, you're driving like a dirt car. Now there won't be any of that now. So that's <clears> the part <throat> that's no fun. Um, but yeah, we're our engines are 700 horsepower. They they actually have a tapered spacer on them that cuts around 90 or so horsepower off uh, that we've ran for forever, uh, 10 years or so more now. So uh, yeah, it is what it is. We'll have to wait a few years to get our Atlanta back. Yeah, but I can say this: it's been kind of neat and ironic that the best finish you've had at Bristol, I was at the race with you. And ever since you, me and you've gotten hooked up with the match and everything, all of your good finishes at Atlanta have been while I've been there as well. So well, you, you better you be there work. in the March, whatever. I will be there. <laughs> yeah, you better be there. We'll get you a credential and a, a crew shirt. So, oh, I, I mean, the crew shirt is good, but I think I think AMS has got me covered on that. Oh, part. sweet. Well, that's remember because I worked like there. That pass for yeah for, for a different race. <laughs> Yeah, for like that night Bristol race, maybe. There you go. That's right. So, man, because because no, we were arguing about it when they announced everything. Oh yeah. I told the, I told the guys. I said I think everybody would love this racetrack if we were still running Gen Four cars because they'd be high horsepower and stuff. So yeah, it's kind of disappointing that you you say that you guys will be going a little bit too fast for for safety concerns. But I mean, we did have twenty twelve at Michigan. And then also all the years at Auto Club where the cup cars are going 212 in the corner. So, yeah. And, and maybe that's just me saying that. I and maybe they mm-hmm. just want us to 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 try to race in a pack. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, NASCAR doesn't call me and tell me what they're thinking. So I, you know, it's their playground. I'm just I'm just a kid playing in it. So yeah. I mean, we don't get told 
why they do the things they do. So I, I don't, I don't even know that really. I just, these are things that I, I think. Uh, yeah. So mm-hmm. when I, see I think it, we're all hoping to not have plates on it here. In five yeah. Five years. Right. <laughs> yeah. But that's what I think. Keep the speeds down and keeping a pack is what they want. And none of us want that as true fans. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, any of you guys got any other uh, questions, any fan questions that we didn't hit on? I do have another one here. Um, I used to be in a Facebook group with another guy here racing the Bush series in like the early mid two thousands. And he said that the first time he went to Dover, it absolutely blew his mind because it was like a two story drop off going into the corner. And then we've also heard the Dale junior story of the first time he went to Talladega. He didn't think the car was going to stick going into turn three. So was there a track that you went to for the first time and it just completely blew your mind, whether the size of it or the speeds you were running or anything like that? Yeah, man, probably. Uh, yeah, we'd go with Talladega and, and, and then Dover because uh, Talladega, uh, I was never asphalt guy until I was 17. I raced ARCA. My very first asphalt race was at Talladega. We went for a test wow. there and, you know, I was told, uh, just hold it wide open. So I go out there and go, I remember going into turn three and I, I thought, damn, these, these are some big banks. Uh, but they said, hold it wide open and it stick. <laughs> so I'm a young, dumb kid. So I did it and, uh, it was fine. It was nothing to it, but yeah, it was intimidating at first for sure. Cause you're like, Oh man, this is, this is wild. And then, yeah, the first time at Dover, that place is a track you got to attack and you run, you know, average speed there's 150 and a half or 60 and a mile track. So that's hauling the mail. So you go down in that corner and you go downhill and then they've got that place has got long corners and you let off a little bit, let the car set and you don't even really get out of the gas all the way at the car's handling. Right. You might just trail break a little bit then back in it as hard as you can. Like, as soon as you can and you really gotta tug that wheel and and trust the car and gotta drive the hell out of it and then you go back up the hill so the speed sensation at dover is unlike most places we go to it it's it uh you gotta like tell yourself oh god i gotta breathe (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah that's that's crazy uh we did have one question uh for jeremy uh, what do you think about the upcoming Xfinity race at Portland and how are you preparing for it? Uh, and to shout out, uh, Steve Carnes, uh, from first Pacific funding, uh, he is, uh, uh, going to be on our show next week. Uh, we actually, were going to ask him the same question because that's where Pacific Northwest, uh, where that company is out of. So what do you think about that race at Portland? I'm excited as hell to, to get our series out there. Uh, you know, we don't have anything out in that area. So that's going to be a blast. Uh, I've already done some simulator time on that track. Uh, pretty, I learned it pretty quick. It took 20, 30 minutes to, to learn it and know what gear to be in and, and and start running in competitive time. So I've already done that and I'm sure I'll do more, uh, with given the opportunity, but it's a fun track. Uh, I watched the IndyCar race there last year. And I don't remember, yeah, we hadn't announced it yet. So I was like, oh, look at this track. You know, I didn't know much about Portland, uh, but I'm excited for it. And it's going to be a track that we can go to and we could have a chance to win, in my opinion, because it's a new track and you just don't know what's going to happen or what the setups and all that kind of stuff. So I'm excited. We're going to have First Pacific funding on the car. They're out of Washington nearby. So um, I'm excited for all that. 
and it's going to be a blast. And I love racing new tracks, going to new areas and seeing different things and experiencing different things. So um, I'm all for it. I'm glad they put it on the schedule. The only thing, the only negative thing is, it's just across the country. So yeah. for, for yeah. a hauler and to, to prepare for all that, you know, the hauler need to leave uh, Monday or that week. So I don't even know where we're racing the weekend before, but all that logistical stuff, that's the only issue uh, I see. But we'll get through it. But everything else will be a, it would be great. Yeah, so it's going to be good to see that market actually have a race. Uh, I can tell you from watching the uh, recent IndyCar races there, you've got to be um, very sketch. Uh, it's going to be very sketchy in turn one, so watch out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I crashed the uh, the simulator there uh, a couple times in turn one because uh, I didn't know where the hell to brake at first, and it comes up quick. <laughs> so once I figured out where to uh, look at the signs and, and, and where I could get in, uh, it's a hard right and then another left, a hard, pretty hard left too, and uh, right off the get go. So that'll be, that's gonna be wild for sure. I mean, if hopefully we get through there unscathed every time, uh, but it, it, every restart to be crazy. I got one more question for you, and I and I know that I've been to these races with you. I've seen the photo ops and everything beforehand, you know, where everybody wants a photograph before you get in the car and everything because they've had less time because of the COVID stuff and everything like this, but it makes it crazy. But do you have a pre-race ritual that you try to get yourself prepared for? And then knowing you taking care of your fans, your teams, your owners, not owners, but uh, sponsors at the race that weekend with all these photo opportunities. And does it break you from your mindset before you get in the car yeah it's it's tough uh you got to do all the things you need to do and spend time with your partners get all the pictures everybody wants and talk to them and share that you know share that moment um it's it's an awesome experience for them for me so uh i don't know i've done this so long now that uh i don't have anything to do as long as i'm where I need to be at the right time. I can, once I put the helmet on, you know, I need to slap myself around a little bit, <laughs> get mad. And that way I can drive hard as hell. But, uh, I just, you know, it's game time when you put the helmet on. So you don't really, you just, you just, you, you just, you before that and having fun with your people. And, um, and then, and then when it's time to go, it's time to go. And you, you, I guess over time you figure out how to do that. And I guess I've, I've done that now. So, I uh, just figure out what I need to do and I'm ready and ready to go out there and kick ass. Well, that's awesome. I, I, I want to say thank you for actually helping us do the show tonight too, before uh, just as a personal favor for me and everything. So I really do appreciate what you've done and taking the time to do the night. Oh, no problem guys. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'll have to watch some of, of next week with Steve. Uh, Steve's an awesome dude. He's he's well in our in our corner, JCR fifty one corner. So uh, he he's helped me out a lot, and uh, I think it's been a cool experience for him to to be a part of this now because he grew up loving racing, which you'll hear all about next week. So uh, that'll be fun for y'all, and uh, thank y'all for having me. And uh, hopefully, we'll see you at a track soon. Yes, sir. Thank you yeah. so much Thanks for being for on. on. 
And uh, everybody, go ahead and give Jeremy a follow on uh, Twitter uh, at uh, jclements51. Go follow JC, uh, JC Racing as well. Uh, do uh, go, go support him. He came and uh, supported us tonight, so go support him. Uh, thank you again for uh, being on, and we wish you good luck in this 2022 uh, Xfinity season. Thank yeah, you guys you, again. I appreciate it. Give you give all your sponsors a shout out before the season starts if you need to, too. Oh, man, we'll be here forever. But <laughs> <laughs> we've got so many great partners, uh, seriously. So we got All South Electric. Uh, we got this. I've been wearing this 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 hoodie, uh, Flying Form Concrete Structures out of Atlanta. Got uh, First Pacific funding, obviously. We got Boost Pops. We got Wings, et cetera. Kevin Whitaker Chevy. Uh, R.A. Goodson Construction. One Stop Convenience Stores with Scott Ward. I mean, yeah, you don't want to hear me uh, going on. Z-Max. Uh, there's so many, man. I'm telling you, it's it really, there's a lot of people in my corner to make this happen. So uh, it means a lot for me uh, that I have so much support and uh, that's really special. So uh, I, I definitely missed a few, by the way. So, uh, but thank you guys for letting me do that. Yeah. Well, like, I, like we said, thank you for coming on. We really appreciate it. Uh, hope to at least get a little bit of more of a spotlight on you to some of the fans who might not know you. Uh, and I hope you guys enjoy the show and go support Jeremy this year in 2022. Uh, so we'll see you. Thanks for coming on, man. All right, guys. Have a good night. Thank you so much. All right. See you. All right, everybody. Just want to have a quick shout out for us. Follow us on Twitter or Facebook at FanFuel MSM, capital F, capital F, capital MSM. Go give a shout to Jeremy at his Twitter handles uh, uh, for JC Racing and uh, J, J, uh Jay Clements 51. Jeez. Um, and uh, be sure to check us out at fanfuelmotorsports.com. Uh, we've got all kinds of stuff happening. We're we're uploading some of our esports stuff. We're getting ready to start dropping imps and stuff as we've got the uh Rolex 24 this coming weekend. We'll have the clash stuff coming after that, and we're getting ready to roll with 2022 big time. Uh Colton, I'm gonna pass it over to you because we got a big announcement for you and Jared's show, Slick Track Podcast. Yeah, we do have a big announcement. Um, for those of you that tuned in, we recorded and just now released the first episode of Slick Track Podcast, the first fan fuel motorsports podcast to cover exclusively dirt content. Um, this next week on February 3rd, we have lined out, thanks to Chad, Logan Shuhart, driver of the number one S Dryden in the World Outlaws. Um, so I am super stoked for that. It's going to be cool to have Logan on. Um, and then we have also... Um, Bill, I cannot pronounce his last name. Chad, you're gonna have to help me with that. Bill Klingbull. Klingbull, um, on the podcast as well. Um, he's a representative for Dry Dean, so we're gonna uh, have a nice chat with Logan next week. Um, be sure to check us out again Thursday, February third. And uh, their most recent uh, and pilot uh, episode will be on streaming services sometime tomorrow, along with. Uh, tonight's episode number 47 of Spartan Among Us, where we feature Jeremy Clements. So appreciate you all watching, uh, and, uh, we'll see you guys next week. All right. Bye.